0: This is the Christian Life Centre podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. of you have ever used an app on your phone called Waze? Anybody? It's a GPS app, and it's a real-time app that uses a social media platform uh, where drivers share real-time traffic and road information. They'll tell you where there are car accidents, where there are traffic jams, uh, where there are speed traps, where there are detours, and any other problems that there might be on the road in order to help you have the smoothest and quickest route to your destination. Wouldn't it be great if we had a similar app for life? that could help us avoid all the problems. You know, sometimes we subconsciously believe that serving Christ should do that for us, that serving Christ should enable us to live a trouble-free life. And when we believe that, when trouble hits, it can really rock our world. However, the Bible clearly tells us that Christians are not immune to trouble we don't have to look far in scripture to find stories of servants of God suffering great trials look at Job he loses his family he loses his wealth and he loses his health then he loses his wife who says curse God and die and and then there's Joseph who suffers for doing the right thing and and, and he's thrown first of all into a pit, then he's thrown into a prison. Then there's Jeremiah who's imprisoned for preaching the word of God and then later thrown into a, a water cistern in order to die. Then there's the three Hebrew children thrown into the fires, into the fiery furnace, and Daniel thrown into the lion's den, and we could go on and on throughout Scripture to find that serving God is not a guarantee that you won't have troubles. But in the midst of our troubles, we have a promise that is an anchor for our souls. And this is one of my favorite verses, (laughs) Psalm 34 9 says, the righteous person may have many troubles, turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to have many troubles. Oh, if the Scripture stopped there, we would be in great trouble. But it doesn't stop there. It says, but the Lord delivers him from them all, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now turn to your neighbor and say, God's going to deliver us. You see, folks, we're not promised a, a, a trouble-free life. In fact, we're promised we're going to have many troubles. But the promise of God is that He will deliver us from them all. Hallelujah! And that was certainly the case in the lives of all of those that we just mentioned from Scripture, whether it was Joseph or it was Daniel or it was the three Hebrew children. God delivered them. You know, in John 16, 33, Jesus encouraged us, he encouraged his followers saying, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have what? In this world, you will have trouble. There it is again, uh, but it doesn't stop there either. It says, but, oh, I love the word but in scripture cause it always means there's a reversal coming, hallelujah. But take heart. I have overcome the world, hallelujah. And Jesus is saying because I have overcome, you can overcome, hallelujah to the name of the Lord. The Bible doesn't make us some pie in the sky promise of a trouble-free existence, but it does give us hope and help in the time of trouble that He will enable us to overcome. He has overcome. He won the victory for us, and He guarantees us victory, hallelujah. He's telling us that as Christians, we can face trials with a supernatural power that those who do not know Christ do not have access to We have the power of God working on our behalf. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. You know, the first thing I, I, the first truth that uh, I want to share with you today that I experienced through my journey is the battle is real. The battle is very real. In 2016, I had had for several months what I thought to be digestive issues. And so, uh, I tried different things, I cut gluten out of my diet, I cut milk out of my diet, I tried different things, and the digestive issues just got worse. And so, I went to my general and, and told him what I was experiencing. His first response to me was, well, you know, after a certain age, I won't tell you what that age is. He said, after a certain age, our digestive system slows down, and, and, and so these kinds of problems can be nat- you know, can be normal. And so, So he said, but let me examine you, and so he went through an exam, and finally when he uh, palpitated my abdomen, he said, you know, I feel a growth here that concerns me, and I think we need to have it checked out. so eventually I was referred, and, and I went through uh, several different uh, scans, multiple different types of scans, and finally the results came back to my doctor that what I had was a grapefruit-sized um, uh, cyst on one side, or a grapefruit-sized uh, benign tumor, a fibroid on one side, and that on the other side, on my left side, that I had a 23-centimeter dermoid cyst, ovarian dermoid cyst. And so my doctor said, uh, that's good news. Uh, uh, we don't want it there. We need to do a complete hysterectomy, but it's not cancer. It's showing that they're both benign. So I went into surgery believing I'm going to have surgery. It's all going to be over with because it's benign. But I went in for the operation on August 31st, 2016, when the surgeon opened me me up. She immediately recognized the fact that I had cancer all throughout my abdomen. I was diagnosed with stage three clear cell carcinoma, which they explained to me was a very rare and aggressive type of cancer that does not respond well to treatment and has a very high rate of recurrence. They were basically handing me a death sentence. And I was told that I'd have to have very strong chemo. They said, this is a very aggressive cancer. We're gonna have to treat it very aggressively and it's gonna take a toll on your body. And they began to describe the multiple side effects including severe neuropathy the neuropathy was so bad in one of the patients receiving the same chemo that I was that she could barely walk by about the third treatment she would trip over her feet and that neuropathy is irreversible once you get it you don't get back the 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 feeling or the sensation in your limbs but praise the Lord it never happened to me to the astonishment of the doctors to the astonishment of the nurses to the astonishment of the other patients hallelujah hallelujah In addition to months of chemo, I also had to have 35 external and internal radiation treatments that also came with a list of very bad and possible permanent side effects, which praise the Lord to the astonishment of all the staff. I never experienced any of it, hallelujah. But when I first received the diagnosis, I I felt as though I was in shock. This, This couldn't be happening to me. I've preached healing, I've prayed for others to be healed, I've seen tumors disappear, I've seen cancer completely healed, I've seen heart disease healed, I've seen so many miracles, God this can't be happening to me. But as it sank in while my friend was driving me home from the doctor's office, I just began to cry out and say, Jesus, like the blind beggar over and over, Jesus have mercy on me, Jesus have mercy, Jesus have mercy. I called up a good friend of mine, a wonderful evangelist named Martha Tennyson. Maybe some of you know who she is, but she's a powerful woman of faith and a good friend. And and I asked her and her husband to to pray for me and they began to fast and pray for me. And, and, And I called others and my church was praying for me. But when they say that a person is battling cancer, I want you to know it is truly a battle. Not only is it a physical battle because you're fighting for your life, they are literally pumping poison into your body. The, the, the bags in which the, the, the chemo come have one of those danger signs on it and, and tells the medical professionals not to touch it with their bare hands that's that toxic and they're pumping that into your body. They're literally pumping poison into your body to kill the cancer cells. The only problem is the chemo can't discriminate between the cancer cells and the healthy cells. So it's just killing as many cells as it can in the hope that your body can regenerate enough healthy cells to stay alive. Not only is it a physical battle, but it's also a mental, emotional, and spiritual battle. After the five days that I was in the hospital when I got out about 3 a.m. in the morning, I woke up and... I couldn't fall asleep and I'll tell you every negative thought in the world was coming to my mind. I had seen people suffer uh, the last stages of cancer before and and all of those images were coming into my mind and the enemy was telling me that's what you're gonna go through. The enemy was telling me this is it, you're gonna die and and just every thought that you can possibly imagine and and as that bombardment began to come against me I just began to pray in the spirit, hallelujah. I had no words to pray. English but the spirit began to pray through me I am so grateful for the gift of tongues because when we are so weak that we cannot pray in ourselves he lays a hold of our weakness and he begins to pray through us hallelujah he is our divine prayer partner you can't have a better prayer partner And as I was praying in the middle of the night, the words of Job 2310 kept coming to me and it says, "'But he knows the way that I take, "'and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold.'" And the voice of the Spirit said, "'Did you hear that? "'You are going to come forth. "'I'm going to bring you out of this with a testimony.'" Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Incredible peace came over my soul hallelujah God is so faithful God is so faithful he gives us what we need in the time of trial he is our strength and our refuge of every present help in the time of trouble the battle is real but I want you to know the weapons of our warfare are powerful hallelujah to the name of the Lord I already mentioned one of those weapons but praying in the spirit is one of the most powerful weapons of our spiritual warfare. And that's why as Paul was concluding one of his most extensive teachings on spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6, he wraps up that teaching about putting on the whole armor of God. He wraps it up in verse 18 and he says, and praying in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Paul is saying this is a part of our spiritual weaponry, hallelujah, is to pray in the spirit on all occasions praying in tongues is powerful in combating the attacks of the enemy but it is also powerfully restorative and healing to our bodies to our minds and to our souls in 1 Corinthians 14:4 4, Paul writes anyone who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies themselves we well, you know that word edify means to build up But it also means to restore or to repair. Paul is telling us that there is a powerfully healing and restorative property when we pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Because as we pray in the Spirit, it is releasing the life-giving presence of Almighty God into our being to bring healing and restoration to our lives. Hallelujah. I want you to understand this, praying in tongues is a miracle. To speak a language that we have never learned is a miracle. My mother is Cuban, my father Lebanese. I grew up in Oklahoma, so I grew up speaking Southern. I took Spanish. Three years in high school, two years in college, a lot of my congregation is Hispanic and I try to talk to them, but my Spanish is really a form of Spanglish. I use the wrong verb tenses. Sometimes I use the wrong grammatical order in my sentences, but you know, I'm trying. But after all these years of studying Spanish and trying to speak Spanish, I still don't speak it fluently. But the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at the age of 11, I spoke tongues fluently. Hallelujah. And I've been speaking it ever since. Glory to God. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. So every time you are praying in tongues... You are allowing the miracle-working power of God to flow into your life. You are yielding yourself to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to have His way in you. Oh, that is so essential physically, but it's also essential spiritually and emotionally, because when you're going through severe trials, it takes a tremendous toll upon you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, but tongues is a powerful weapon. The Word is also a powerful weapon. While I was going through my battle with cancer, I found these wonderful recordings of healing prayer scriptures online, and they are scriptures throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament about healing, and they are spoken out as prayers. And every night, Because that seemed most when the enemy would attack my mind. Every night I would put in my earbuds and I would pray along with these scriptures an hour, two hours. Some of my favorites I'm going to share with you right now. Psalm 118, 17 said, I will not die but live and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The doctors were giving me a death sentence but God was saying you will not die but live. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And as I would pray that scripture, I would say, enemy, I declare to you that I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to take me out, but God says that I will live and not die. And enemy, when God brings me out of this, I'm gonna tell everybody I can that God heals, that God is almighty. I'm gonna tell everybody what he's doing. I said, Satan, what you're trying is going to backfire on you because what you meant for evil, God is going to turn it around and use it for good, hallelujah. Another of my favorites was Psalm 91:14. It says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. And every time I sat in the doctor's office or or sat in the cancer center, I would take out my phone and you version, I would pull up that scripture and I would begin to pray it line by line over my life. I would pray it as I was waiting for chemo. I would pray it as I was waiting for radiation. And I would pray it over and over again and say, God, I love you. And I have acknowledged your name and you have given me a promise that you're gonna hear me, that you're gonna deliver me, that you're gonna walk with me, Lord God, hallelujah, and that you're going to satisfy me with long life, hallelujah. Psalm 34, 19 through 20, I referred to one of these verses earlier, but it says the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Then I want you to get this one, verse 20, he protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken, hallelujah. Oh as I was being transfused with chemo which was an all-day event. It was from 8 a.m. in the morning till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Or while I was receiving radiation, I would declare this scripture over me. Not one bone in my body will be broken. And I would say, God, they said this chemo is gonna cause neuropathy in my feet and in my hands. Lord, I'm praying your protection over my feet and hands. Lord, they said this chemo is gonna destroy my stomach. But I'm praying your, your protection over my stomach. When I got in the radiation machine, They said it could destroy my rectum. It could destroy my colon. It could destroy my bladder But I would lay on that chemo on that radiation table and I would say God I'm claiming your promise take your hand right now and cover my colon take your hand right now and cover my bladder Take your hand right now and cover my rectum. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord And he did exactly what I prayed which I'm going to share with you in a moment hallelujah There is life in God's Word. His Word is alive and powerful, and it's the Scripture says, He sent His Word and it healed them. Hallelujah. There is healing in His Word. If you're sick, declare His Word over your life. If you're facing an impossible situation, declare His Word. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. I got chemo every three weeks. Because it was such a strong dose of chemo, they have to give your, time, your body time to recover in order to kill again. And so it was every three weeks. And when they would check for neuropathy, because a week after every chemo treatment, they would check for neuropathy, neuropathy pricking you all over your feet, your legs, your hands, your arms. And they found absolutely no neuropathy for all six months of my chemo treatment. They had told me all the other side effects that I would suffer, and with the exception of losing all of my hair, I was rocking being bald. I would just throw on some makeup, some big earrings, and I'd be like, this is who I am, world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bald can be beautiful in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. (laughs) But with the exception of losing all my hair and experiencing some tiredness. I had absolutely none of the side effects, to their amazement, hallelujah. I didn't even have any nausea. Every time I had a chemo treatment, they gave me another prescription for nausea. I filled the first one thinking I would need it, but by God's grace, I didn't even take one nausea pill, hallelujah to the name of the Lord, I never had nausea. And because God protected me and kept me from all those side effects, it became such an opportunity to share Jesus with doctors, with nurses, and with other patients. After over five months of chemo, I had to do five weeks of daily radiation treatment. I had to have 35 radiation treatments, 30 of them external, five of them internal. And the external was was supposed to be bad enough, but the internal treatment was supposed to be extremely painful and they prepared you for that, telling you what you would experience. And when you would go to be prepped for the internal radiation, you would hear people already in the preparation room screaming from pain as they put in the instruments to prepare them for the internal radiation. That's how painful it is, you could hear them screaming down the hallway into the waiting room of the radiation area. And I remember as I was being prepped for my third internal radiation treatment, the doctor, the radiation oncologist came in and said, how are you doing today, Ms. Khalil? And I said, I'm great, thank you. And she put down her instruments on the cabinet and she turned around to me and she said, what did you say? And I said, I'm great, thank you. She looked at her assistant and she said, this is incredible. Most people after the first treatment are in here screaming that they can't handle the pain, that they don't wanna do it anymore. And she's on her third treatment and she's saying, I'm great. She said, this is amazing. I have never seen anything like it. Now when a doctor says incredible and a doctor says amazing, you know God is doing something, hallelujah. that's all I needed was her comments and I started to tell her about Jesus and I said the reason that this is not having an effect on me is because I believe in a God who is a healer and I believe that he is with me and I pray every time I come in here hallelujah and I told her about Jesus and she stood and just looked at me without a word and when I was finished then she went on and prepared me for the treatment. After the third week of treatment, my apologies for saying this, but I was supposed to get chronic diarrhea that does not cease when the radiation stops. In fact, it can be fatal. Tragically, I performed a funeral a few months ago for someone who passed from the diarrhea they experienced as a result of being radiated in the abdominal area, the same place where I was radiated. It can be fatal, but to their amazement, they even had you meet with a dietitian to prepare you don't eat this and don't eat this and don't, which she was telling me to don't eat anything I eat because I, I went vegan after I, I got cancer and she was telling me don't eat beans. Well, that's where I get most of my protein from. Don't eat vegetables. Well, if you're vegan, you're going to have to eat vegetables. So she was telling me not to eat all these things to mitigate. I never stopped eating the way that I was eating. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And I never got diarrhea. The radiation oncologist doctor would meet with me every week as she did with all of the patients to see how you were doing in your progress and what you were experiencing with the side effects. And so every week as I would meet with her, she would go down the list of uh, of uh, side effects I was supposed to be having and go down the list with the diarrhea and everything. And she would be like, are you sure? Are you sure you're not experiencing it? After about the third week, she came in, she said, and she went through the whole list. And I said, no, I'm not experiencing. No, I'm not experiencing. She said, I don't even know why I meet with you because every time you come in here, there's nothing ever wrong with you. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's all I needed. I began to tell her it's because of Jesus. And she said, I know, I know you're a woman of faith. And she turned and left. About a year after Uh, My cancer diagnosis, of course, you have to go for follow-up scans, so I went for a follow-up PET scan. And at that point, they said they found a tumor in my right kidney, and I was referred to a urologist. They believed it to be a secondary cancer, perhaps caused by the treatment, by the chemo and the radiation, because, of course, all that has to filter through your kidneys. And so they sent me to a urologist, and uh, the the urologist sent me for uh, several tests, sonogram, MRI, CT scan, all that. And it came back and he met with me, and he said, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. He said, this growth in your tumor is 99%, or 90%, excuse me, 90% it's cancerous. It has all the characteristics of being cancer. He said, but we do need to get a needle biopsy. And then after that, We'll talk about treatment options. He said, we have two options. We can remove a lobe of your kidney where the cancer is, or we can, if it's small enough, we can do cryoablation and freeze that area of your kidney and freeze the cancer. So he was already preparing me for the treatment. So I went in for a a CT guided uh, needle biopsy, which you don't wanna have, you're awake and you see this huge needle coming towards and not fun. But anyway, after I had the test, My doctor called me up. His name is Dr. Sherman, wonderful Jewish doctor, called me up, and he said, "Miss Khalil, he said, I'm telling you today, you need to go and buy a lottery ticket. (laughs) And I said, doctor, what do you mean? He said, because you are the luckiest woman I've ever seen. He said, by all accounts, that tumor in your kidney ought to be cancer. He said, but I just got back your test results and it is benign. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And I said, doctor, that's not luck. And that's all I needed to start telling him about Jesus. And he listened for a few minutes and he said, all I'm telling you is go buy a lottery ticket today because you are the luckiest woman I've ever seen. Hallelujah to the name of our God. He is a healing God. Praise you, Jesus. The third truth that I experienced through my journey is that the Lord is working in all things. We know it, but sometimes we don't know it. God's presence was there with me every step of the way, and He'll be there with you as well. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me you are rod on your staff they comfort me I had prayed before going into my initial surgery and I ended up having to have actually three surgeries within a 1 month period of time but I had prayed before going into my initial surgery that God would anoint the operating room team and that he would be in control of the entire surgery. I prayed for the doctor. I pray God would give her divine wisdom. I pray he would guide her hands. I prayed there would be no errors. I prayed he would anoint the anesthesiologist, that they would control the anesthesia. Just pr- I prayed for the entire operating room team. And after surgery, my doctor came into the recovery room and said, "Miss Khalil, you seem to be somewhat of a local celebrity. I looked at her and I said, what? And she said, well. Several people on the operating room team recognized you and said that you're a pastor in the area. Some have even been to your church. Hallelujah. I knew that that was God telling me that he was right there in that operating room with me and he had stacked the deck with believers around me. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. The day after surgery, when the nurse came to get me out of bed, I was in excruciating pain. Now I'm the kind of person, I normally have a very high pain tolerance. I've even been told so by doctors, but I'd never experienced a pain like this before. They had to cut every muscle in my abdomen, which is where you get your core strength from to move, to sit up. They cut me basically from the pelvic bone almost all the way up to the breastbone, because this. Tumor was so large, in fact, the doctor ended up showing me a photo of it. It did not even fit in the bucket they normally put removed organs in after surgery. It was so huge. It hung over. the. It was bigger than a big baby. It was huge, and, and, and they had to cut me that extensively because they said they had to get it out intact so that the cancer would not spread. So I had no abdominal strength whatsoever. And then they had me on the table longer than they had expected because they didn't expect it to be cancer. My red blood count was down to about five, which is extremely low. And as a result, I had increased pain sensitivity along with everything else. So when she came to get me out of the bed, I was in terrible pain. And she said, you have to get up. And as I was, as she was holding me to get me up, I just screamed, Jesus! And at that moment she said, you can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. She said, he's right here with you and he's going to give you this, oh that was God telling me through that nurse, I've got you, I'm right here with you, hallelujah to the name of the Lord. For all of you who may be nurses, I want to say thank you. You do an incredible service to bring comfort to the patients you care for. Another way I saw God working is that every time I went for chemo or radiation, I had such an incredible opportunity to share Jesus with other patients and medical professionals. You see, the patients could visibly see that I was not having the side effects that they were, and time and again they would ask me why, how come? One lady named Jamelle started chemo, the same chemo, at the same time. She's the one who got neuropathy so bad she was tripping over her feet. And at one point she said, how come your nail beds have not turned black like ours? My nail beds were pink just like they are now, but all the other patients, they were black because it was killing the flesh. The chemo was killing the flesh, the cells. And she said, how come your skin hasn't changed color? Because, you know, with with, with the chemo treatment, the skin becomes kind of like gray and leathery, but my skin looked like it does now, just a little bit lighter. I had lost some color. And she said, how come your nail beds are not black? How come your skin has not changed colors? And oh, it was such an opportunity to share Jesus with her. But as I shared Jesus with her, all the other patients in the infusion center were hearing what Jesus was doing, hallelujah. Another lady, I I can't remember her first name, I remember her last name was Mashavo. And uh, she was sharing with a chemo nurse, she said, I can't sleep at night, so I'm filled with such anxiety, such fear, I can't sleep at night. And the Cancer Center had recommended her to a yoga and meditation class. When she had been attending that, and she was telling the chemo nurse, she said, it doesn't help. She said, I'm so still, so filled with, with fear and anxiety, and it's worst at night. And I began to tell her about how Jesus was giving me peace and how He would give her peace as well if she would trust in Him. And we had a long conversation about Jesus, hallelujah. I even sent her the link for the scriptures I was listening to so she could fill her heart with the Word of God. I was there for hours, every treatment, and the patients would sit and listen for hours. And they would ask questions, and they would ask for prayer, wanting to hear about this Jesus who could help them in a desperate time of their life. They wanted to hear about this Jesus who is our healer and our deliverer. Not one person turned me away, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oftentimes after speaking with them, they would ask for prayer on almost every occasion that I went for chemo or radiation, I was able to pray with patients, I was able to pray with staff. The last day of chemo, I had been sharing Christ with a new patient, and as I got ready to leave, she said, oh no, you can't leave without first praying for me. And I said, of course, I was going to, and I came over to pray for her, and as I did, the chemo nurse was in her office. She came quickly out of her office, and she said, oh no, I'm getting in on this one. And so, we, we had a prayer meeting in the infusion room, hallelujah to the name of the Lord. God opened such an incredible door of ministry during those almost seven and a half months of treatment. It may sound strange to say this, but the months that I was undergoing treatment were very refreshing for me because I had such a tremendous opportunity to minister to unsaved people which is a pastor we don't always get, because let's face it, you know, I, 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 as a pastor, often so much of your time is turned inward to the body of Christ, even though I do, you know, evangelize when I'm in the grocery store or the restaurant or whatever, but, but to be able to do this full time for seven and a half months, hallelujah! It just stoked those fires again in my heart. Hallelujah. One lady sticks out in my mind, and I continue to pray for her. She was a 30-year-old young woman. Her name was Daphne. She was from Mexico. And her cancer recurred two times while receiving treatment. And while we were sitting in the waiting room, of course, the TV was on and it was the news. And at that time, they were showing a story about North Korea and the nuclear missile threat. And the reporter said something about how such an intercontinental ballistic, nuclear ballistic attack could be an apocalyptic event. And at that moment, under her breath, I heard Daphne mumble, people are worried about the end of the world. But my world is ending now. I changed my seats, and I moved and sat next to her. And I began to tell her about Jesus. And her and her mother listened with tears running down their cheeks. And there in the waiting room, I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? And there in front of all the other patients and families waiting, we held hands. And we prayed, and I know Jesus came down and ministered to her that day, hallelujah. There was another lady named Shirley, and from her demeanor and and outlook, it was quite obvious that she lived a, a sexually confused lifestyle. But one day, she had heard me several times talking about Jesus and she came and she sat next to me and we began to talk and I told her about Jesus and she listened and she asked questions and we engaged in conversation and she sat for over an hour to hear about a man named Jesus. In all likelihood under any other circumstance She would not have given me two minutes. She would have shut me down. But what an incredible door of ministry God had opened. Hallelujah. I shared Jesus with one of the radiology techs. In fact, it was the very tech that the oncologist doctor told her, this is incredible. This is amazing that she's not having any pain. And I shared Jesus with her as she was prepping me for radiation. Because one day as she was prepping me, she's hooking me up to all of the different uh, equipment. And as she's hooking me up, she just starts crying and pouring her life out to me. I hadn't said anything at that point. She just started pouring her life out to me and telling me how she broke up with her baby's father and how she was having to raise this child by herself and how difficult it was and, and she didn't know how she was going to make it. And then she said, I I don't know why I'm telling you this. You're a stranger. And, And tears were running down her cheeks. And I said, I know why you're telling me this. And I began to talk to her about Jesus. And I prayed for her before she turned on the radiation machine. And a couple of weeks before my last treatment, I got her. And one of the other radiology texts that I had ministered to, a Bible, an easy-to-read Bible, and and I wrote a thanks in it for their their kindness. And when I gave it to them, they they both hugged me and and, and they thanked me. And a few days later, as she was hooking me up for radiation, she came and I'm laying on the radiation table and and she whispers in my ear and she says, you know that book you gave me? She said, I have it on my nightstand. And I'm reading a little bit of it every night, and she said, and I've started going to a church in my area. Oh, hallelujah! (laughs) Praise the Lord! The day I finished, both of those radiation texts hugged me with tears and said, we're going to miss you. And one of them said, you are so different than all the other patients we treat in here. You have such an aura about you." They didn't have the terminology, so they called it an aura. She said, "'You have such an aura about you. Every time you come in here, we feel such peace. We feel such joy, hallelujah.'" And I told them again, "'That's not me. That's Jesus in me.'" I said, "'Because if it was left to me, I'd be eaten up with fear and anxiety, but God is giving me peace.'" Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Now during my treatment, due to the risks of low, uh, low immunity, I was not able to minister at our church for several months. But the Sunday I returned, I told them, you know what, I may not have been ministering here for the last seven and a half months, but I've been ministering because God had another ministry post for me for these last seven and a half months, hallelujah. Let me tell you something, folks. If I had walked into the cancer center at Memorial and said, would you give me an opportunity every day to come in here and talk to and pray for your patients, they would have thrown me out. Oh, but God arranged for me to be an undercover agent. Hallelujah. You know why? Because God is moved with compassion. To those who are sick and suffering, Jesus was moved with compassion to heal the multitude. God is still moved with compassion to those who are sick and suffering. And if He has to arrange for one of His servants to end up undercover, to be able to take His love and His compassion, He will do so, and He will keep us in the process, hallelujah. I also praise God because His hand was on our church. Many churches would not have been able to survive seven and a half months with the senior pastor out. All sorts of things can go haywire when that happens. But I thank God for our faithful staff who supported me, who stepped up, led, and ministered, and the church remained strong even though I couldn't be present with them. That was the grace of God. Hallelujah. Several people in our congregation have since gone through cancer battles and they have commented to me, I saw what God did for you and it has strengthened my faith. Folks, I want you to know the Bible says it and it is true. God is working in all things, not just the things we deem good. God is working in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God can take the worst thing that happens to you, and He can turn it into something for your good and for His glory. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. I praise God for His grace, because every day I'm reminded that things could have turned out so much different for me. Not only with the terrible and permanent side effects that could have been caused by the chemo and radiation, but also because of the deadly nature of the cancer that I had. But I know that my God delivered me from the damaging effect of chemo and radiation, and He healed me of what the doctors were saying was a very aggressive and deadly cancer. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. I am almost three-and-a-half months — three-and-a-half years, excuse me — three-and-a-half years cancer-free, hallelujah. I say three-and-a-half years healed in Jesus' name. And God honors His Word, Psalm 118, 17, I will live and not die. And I will proclaim what the Lord has done, and I am keeping my side, and I'm proclaiming this morning what the Lord has done. I want to encourage you that the same God who got me through one of the most difficult fights of my life is the same God who will bring you through whatever you're facing because he is no respecter of persons and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. In conclusion, I want to share a quote from F.F. Bosworth, one of the best Bible teachers on healing and an author of the book, Christ the Healer. One of his favorite statements was this, believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts, but never doubt your beliefs or believe your doubts. I want to say that again so it'll settle into your spirit. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts, but never doubt your beliefs or believe your doubts. Hallelujah. Believe your beliefs, church. Because the Bible says, they that trust in the Lord shall never be disappointed. God will not disappoint you, hallelujah. Some of you here today may be going through cancer. Some of you may be facing other sicknesses or trials. Maybe in your health, personal issues, marriage, family. Whatever the issue is, we serve a great big God. Nothing is impossible for Him. And I close with the scripture I started with in Psalm 3419. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him out of them. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to deliver you from all of your afflictions. God honored that promise for me. And I know that He will honor it for you as you put your trust in Him. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.